Hello, and welcome to Checks Notes, Season 2 of Commerce Confidential. How did that happen? Actually, it's because of great people like you, so thanks so much for listening. You know, it's pretty much impossible today to have a discussion about digital commerce without running into the word headless. But what does headless mean in terms of innovating across the brand, digital, and commerce experience? To find out, I'm joined by a very special guest, Ruben Cable, Vice President of Digital Platforms at Hydro. We'll dive in a little deeper during our conversation, but for those that don't know, Hydro is the leading at-home connected rower that leverages innovative technology to bring the -the on-the-water outdoor experience of rowing to the home. We have a ton to cover, so let's get to it. Ruben, thank you for joining us on Commerce Confidential. Thanks, Randy. Really great to be here. Pleasure having you, and we have a lot to cover, so let's just jump right in. Digital is important, you know, in in experiences across many different brands. How does uh, digital play a role in the hydro brand experience with you and your customers? That's a really great question. Uh, I think for us, digital and hydro.com in particular are our best opportunity to showcase the magic of the live outdoor reality experience for our, that our members enjoy for the general public and for people who are interested in hydro and coming to, to consider it. Uh, we know on our, you know, on our owned properties that we have the best ability to control and answer those questions that prospects have offer a taste of that hydro experience and try to do so in a way that's really informative and consistent and helpful for them. Uh, we really take seriously the attention that we get. It's a very precious commodity when people are curious about hydro and they're coming to our site and want to understand what is it that people are so excited about, about this hydro rower. Great. So you, you may have touched on it, but you know, you recently launched a new digital experience on hydro.com. You know, were there any specific things you were looking to address in launching this new experience um, that you, you know, might, might want to give a little detail upon? Yeah, that's a really good question. We had a number of goals when we set out on this adventure to to rebuild our digital properties. I think we had a lot of frustration with the the platforms that we had been on historically. Many of them, you know, were really coming from our hyper growth phase as a company uh, as point solutions that you know we didn't you know at the time have a real ability to consider systematically or look at in terms of our broader business goals. So when we had the opportunity to do that, we knew we wanted to really go back to first principles and look at what would really serve our business the best and really provide the best experience for our customers. Where we landed with those goals were that we knew that from a foundational business perspective, our keystone metrics would be conversion and organic traffic. We knew that those were the things that we needed to drive in, in terms of support for our business. We also knew that we had really great storytelling ability within Hydro. We have world-class designers and creatives and uh, storytellers across our company. And they really felt stymied in being able to explain and showcase you know, what they needed to showcase to the public you know, with the platforms and the solutions we had. So giving them that authoring ability, but also giving them the agility to iterate and move quickly, particularly because we work in such a a fast moving space, no pun intended, that we, you know, we constantly need to change our direction to iterate and really move quickly. And we, you know, as a platform team, as a technology team, my team felt, you know, we can't be in the way of this, right? We need to empower our users to do that on a platform that they don't need to know the technical 
underpinnings of they just need to be able to uh, focus on on what they do best, which is which is that storytelling. Um, so that was really important. I think lastly, we you know we were not as happy as we would have liked on showing the premium nature of the brand with what we had in place. We wanted something with real first order visual consistency, proper design thinking undergirding the display and the structure of our website, and something that really conveyed the premium nature of the Hydro products that our members enjoy. Uh, we didn't feel that we were doing that justice. And and that's those were the goals we ended up putting in place to drive the program. Absolutely. And I really just would say like the new experience kind of brings that all to life and kind of does condense or bring, you know, bring that all together, what you had mentioned about showing it as a premium product and all that it has to offer a, a user. From the back office side, you know, there are a lot of different platforms available when you're looking to bring together a tech stack, mm-hmm. you know, without naming names to protect the innocent or guilty. <laughs> How did you sort through all the you know advantages and disadvantages of the various platform options that are on the market? Yeah, that is that is one of the, the hardest uh, challenges that we had here. And I think my personal background, I've worked with commerce platforms for uh, some time, I'll say, uh, and you know, but at Hydro, you know, my team is really focused on this on e-commerce, but also uh, we support the broader commercial stack, and we're fairly efficient in our in our resourcing and our, in our approach. So we knew we needed something that we would be able to support in terms of operational complexity and and load um, and reliability with you know the resourcing we have, but also that we needed something that would really hit hard in terms of the the impacts that we identified in those goals that's a tough bill of materials to fill in terms of commerce platform selection. I think where we ended up, the technical principles upon which we landed were that we knew we needed first and foremost speed in terms of the the site. So uh, we think of that primarily as core web vitals. And I think, you know, for the, the technical listeners, we're lucky to be able to think about those things these days because worrying about things like backend performance, particularly on the stack that we landed on, it is less of a concern these days. And, you know, having been through performance testing, you know, phases for some of the more traditional platforms that are on-prem deployments or instance deployments in the cloud, there's load sensitivity. And, and you know, with a, a truly cloud-native API-first platform like we have in place, that backend speed consideration or scalability consideration is no longer really a concern. So we're able to really focus on the customer-facing speed metrics that we know drive conversion, that we know drive organic traffic goals, and give us the ability to then focus on things like content and storytelling, uh, which is really great. So speed is really important. I think looking at the technologies, we knew we needed first order content management, right? So going back to that authoring agility, it made perfect sense to have a robust content management system. And I think I wouldn't say looking at it first from a headless perspective, but the best ones out there, I think at this point in time, uh, and we landed with Contentful, are headless first, right? And that made natural sense. Looking at our operational maturity, I think we decided that we wanted to remain on Shopify. And as we explored the space, you know, we saw options and, and we saw this from the, the Gorilla Group proposal to us that leveraging frameworks that offered server-side rendering, incremental static regeneration, such as Next.js, really offered the best architectural pattern to provide speed, to provide agility, to provide support for a design-first 
component-based system for our page construction and really marry together all of those things that we cared about. It also allowed us to build a platform that has completely replaceable parts. For example, we think of our platform currently as built on four key pillars. Shopify, which provides us our commerce services, uh, which we consume in a headless fashion up through the point of the checkout. It's Contentful, which is our content management system, which is again, API first in our platform. It's Cloudinary, which provides us image optimization, video optimization, media adaptive streaming, which further aids our speed goals, particularly for different device types uh, and connection semantics. And then it's all orchestrated together on Next.js, which is our server-side React framework, offers us server-side rendering, incremental static regeneration, which essentially pre-renders and, and takes off the table many of the performance concerns that had traditionally weighed down commerce. The good thing for Hydro is that any of those are replaceable should we need to, you know, for some reason, whether there's a better solution that comes along or we have other challenges or, or you know, for whatever reason, that's really important for a brand like us. And some of that is, yes, our ability to be mindful of vendor lock-in on larger platforms, right? Some of it is also that it allows us to take advantage of these best-of-breed technologies in a very cohesive way on a platform that serves our goals and isn't trying to shoehorn our needs into the capabilities of a broader platform. Sure. That's you know very detailed. I appreciate that. And I think you answered quite a bit of it here, but I kind of just want to follow up. So if I understand correctly through the process, rather than headless driving the ultimate solution, the solution pointed towards a headless approach to the architecture. Was there a key point during the process where headless seemed like the way to go? Or was it something you had in the back of your mind as a team? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think our framing when we were conceptualizing the goals of the site were headless or not. But I, I think to answer your question directly, we looked at it and I think we were our inclination was towards using headless from the start. My mental model and the one I guided our team on was we've been in a place historically where we've had commerce as an appliance, if you will, right? And I think some of the platforms, Shopify in particular, are, are very good at offering that and taking away much of the operational complexity or the design development complexity from users and, and brands like us, taking this step out into the, the water of owning our own destiny and maintaining a commerce platform is a step forward in terms of responsibility and technical acumen and, and, and such that we've had to take on. So I like the Amazon thinking mental model of a one-way door versus a two-way door. So that's that's something that we think about in terms of our technology selections whether things are essentially reversible or not. We looked at the options available. I don't think there was any out there that were headful or tightly coupled, however you want to call it, that met any of those goals. And so I don't think there was a lot that fell into our consideration there. Tactically, the reasons are, how do you really have a first order atomic design on a template-based system that is tightly coupled to some back end where you don't have the flexibility to bring in a new API easily or construct the experiences that you want that aren't really provided out of the box. All of the, those platforms do have customization built into them, but they're much more constrained in how you can go about that. And those ultimately you know, serve to limit what you can do in terms of those, those core goals that we knew we had. I think the other aspects that we were looking at when we we're evaluating different approaches. There are a number of different static site generation 
frameworks out there. There are different tools, you know, we didn't really feel was as fully featured as, as we needed. Looking at React and Next.js, particularly with the amount of effort and momentum behind it and the, the capability fit, it really sat well with us. And I think it's interesting. You can see uh, even a, a couple months ago, Shopify acquired Remix. And I think that's a bit of tacit acknowledgement that this is the architectural direction that you know we'll see more of in the future. Makes a lot of sense. Thanks for, thanks for that. So I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit. And when we think about this type of product that Hydro is in the customer community, it's all about the user experience at every single touch point, right? So this extends from the purchase journey itself to the 4,000 plus rowing, yoga, Pilates, strength, and I think mobility training workouts that Hydro offers, and probably everything in between that I'm not thinking of. How does Hydro bring such a complex set of touch points together? That's a that's a great question. Um, I think in terms of our membership experience uh, for all those different workout modalities that you mentioned, the first goal that we have there is really ensuring that the the membership experience is really of the utmost quality. We have world class athletes in Olympians, Paralympians, and athletes who are training for national level competitions, and I think all of them have incredible superpowers in that they're able to really help guide our members in terms of how to get the best out of their fitness experience, but do it with levity, with humor, with joy, and a really accessible, inclusive experience that people really enjoy. And so when we think about the digital experience there, and we think about the different channels and you know, worrying about things like Conway's law, where things tend to get dispersed over different channels and, and things like that. Design systems really help, right? Um, and it's it may not be as apparent to the end user, but offering that visual consistency, the application of our brand guidelines across the different channels we have, whether that's the web, uh, which is more customer and prospect facing, or our on hydro experience or our companion apps. We try to do that with a real sense of visual consistency and design consistency. But we also, we try to treat the actual core content of the Hydro with a lot of reverence. We don't show a lot of it on the web right now. And I think that's something that we may explore going forward. But really what we're trying to do on the Hydro is make sure that our members have the absolute best experience that they can. And I think we achieve that. We have an incredibly engaged and happy member base uh, and one of the things that we we kind of chuckle over at Hydro is that you know people get their hydros and they're even more delighted than they thought they would be once they actually see live outdoor reality and have the chance to try it they have this aha moment and they love it and we know that we need to do a better job of conveying that and doing that in the storytelling up front so that more people can understand and enjoy it and i think that's where our challenge is as digital storytellers Sure. And that's amazing that you can create such a deep connection with the end customer, the, the hydro consumer, and, and create such a supportive, cohesive community. I think it's you know really a feather in the cap of the brand itself. With Headless as a foundation, basically the sky is the limit digitally. I know you, know, you can't give away the secret sauce, if you will, <laughs> part of the term, but you know, what's next for the digital evolution of hydro? You know, I think of emerging technologies like AR and VR that come to mind. Is there anything you know that you could share that's on the radar? I can't talk about our product roadmap, uh, unfortunately, but I think you know technologies like AR and VR are incredibly enticing 
and promising, right? When you think about live outdoor reality, it's really about that immersion. It's something that takes you out of your home. It takes you out of the gym experience, that that black box that, you know, so many people, you know, end up in, whether it's, you know, at their home gym or on, you know, some other connected fitness device. People love Hydra because it gets them out on the water at all the different destinations that we film at, whether it's Alaska or California or going to fail to name all of the different global destinations because we have so many and I've lost track of them. But that is where our members really find the experience engaging. We try to treat that with a lot of reverence. So when we've, we've looked at and evaluated technologies like AR and VR that could aid in it, we really take a careful eye and we want to make sure that we don't do anything to disrupt or injure that authenticity of the content experience that we think actually comes through very strongly on the device we have. That said, we have had a lot of innovation recently. This past year, we re- we introduced the Hydro Wave, which is slightly more affordable. It's slightly smaller, so it, it fits well into urban living spaces. And what's nice for us, and I think for anyone who's had to deal with supply chain challenges through the pandemic in particular, it doesn't have to be delivered via freight. So that's that's a real advantage in terms of the availability and the accessibility of it. We've recently added some innovation you can now get the wave in different colors, including the Pantone color of the year of Viva Magenta, which we think is is pretty neat. There's not a lot of fitness equipment out there that's not dull black. So if you want something a little snazzier in your living space, we have some options for you. So that's really nice. I think as we look at technology in the future, there's so much opportunity. And I think going back to your core question, Headless really opens up and breaks down some of those channel barriers, right? So we have content services that from a technical level, we no longer have to constrain to a web channel or an app channel or an on hydro channel. We can really take advantage and mix those up between those, you know, with front end frameworks like Next.js and uh, React and the, and the other technologies that we're using on hydro and the mobile app. So those technical impediments have started to fall away and we have a lot of opportunity to start cross cohesion across those things and, you know, and, and exploring different things with a lower cost and time to iterate, which is really uh, fun and exciting. Yeah, definitely exciting. And, you know, potentially a little, little scary as you have many, almost too many options. You have to pick what's going to be best for the brand and your customers. But Ruben, thank you very much for your insights and your candor. This is exceptionally, you know, formative and really thank you for joining us on Commerce Confidential. Thanks, Randy. It was really my pleasure to be here. Well, that's a wrap. I'd like to thank Ruben Cable for being our guest today. If you'd like to learn more, please check out hydro.com, H-Y-D-R-O-W.com. Commerce Confidential is a Gorilla Group, a Wonderman Thompson Company production. I'm your host, Randy Cole. Production support by Fiona Jessup. Editorial support by Betsy Stewart. Original music by Adam Lee Murphy. Rock on, Adam. Join us again soon for another episode of Commerce Confidential. And in the meantime...